The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. It's hot. It is hot. It's it's the season. We're almost through June, so I mean, we got one of the nasty months down. Yep. Maybe, uh, may, are we a third of the way there? Uh, that might be a little ambitious. Maybe. Yeah. We had a pretty hot May. We did, but we got to see some actual monsoon action in June. We did. I feel like we hadn't had that for the last few years, so some nice rain at least. That was really nice. All right. uh, We could keep talking about the weather, but we'll get into some Phoenix Suns basketball. We'll talk the DeAndre Ayton situation, uh, the quote draft recap, unquote. Uh, the, then we'll talk a little bit of Summer League as well. Uh, no shout-outs. Like I said, I deleted Twitter. The podcast Twitter is still around, though, at Sunny and PHX Pod. Tweet at us. I am checking the Twitter right before we record each time. So if you don't hear anything back right away, uh, just know that's why. Um, I will check it before we record each time, though. But, yeah, moving away from social media. So I guess uh, I advise you all do the same. Yeah, just uh, keep us subscribed on that podcast app, and that's all we ask. That's exactly right. I don't consider that social media. So Right. And uh, Actually, <laughs> you know what? No, the best way, the best way to get a shout-out is to leave a review in the podcast app i just use apple Podcasts app so if you leave a review in that i'm way more likely to see that so if you want a shout out on the show do that five stars another good way to get through to us is to uh just show up knock on our front door and say that you (laughs) like the show i don't think i would answer (laughs) if that happened (laughs) please Uh, don't do that no please don't (laughs) Okay, so we'll begin with the DeAndre Ayton situation once again. This has been the theme of the podcast for the last three weeks. Uh, Biggest news, day of recording, we tendered his qualifying offer. So uh, there's that. That's all we know, though. There there has been some spicy news, though, with the Brooklyn Nets. They made a huge jump in the 
in the odds for Vegas about where Aiton will play next. And the Suns are still the most likely option. But the Nets jumped from like plus 3,000 up to plus 250 or plus 300. So they made a huge jump uh, just a day or two ago. So Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant? I I would love that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. I mean, the whole thing that was giving people hope was that um, the Nets basically told Kyrie Irving, find a sign-and-trade. Like, we'll do it. Find it. (laughs) And he didn't. They say he didn't. I mean, it's all speculation, really. They say he didn't find anything. So he opts into his player option and says, I want to honor my contract and I want to honor my commitment to KD. So I'll, I'll be here for the next four years. That's what he said. I mean, there's still a lot that could happen, but I've said from the start, I don't think we're getting KD. Uh, I think that is a little bit of baloney. If it happened, I would be thrilled. Yeah, I'm not I'm not waiting on it by any means, but it is the one of the few situations where realistically we could get a guy in the DeAndre Ayton sign and trade yeah. and a guy of Kevin Durant's stature. I mean, yeah, sure. If if we're not sold on Ayton, if James Jones isn't 100% on him, and you can bring in Kevin Durant, then yes, uh, I, I'm about that. But otherwise, when it comes to signing trades, I don't want to take a big giant step back when it comes to right. winning games next year. And I mean, are we getting a center in return in this sign and trade with, you know, whatever hypothetical team we may be talking about? I think that'd be necessary because, and we don't even have these guys under contract, but. We all know JaVale can't play more than 15, 20 minutes a game. Busy's not the center on a championship team, uh, not even the backup center on a championship team, in my opinion. So there'd be a lot of things that would have to happen to be able to come back from losing a center like Aiton. But if you get a guy like Durant in return, uh, then maybe you scramble and make something happen and you can get by. Yeah. What if Dario is completely healthy and plays fine. And then we still have JaVale and Biombo. Okay. You know, I why is it so easy for me to forget Dario? I mean, it was a whole he hasn't year off. Because played for a year. <laughs> was Dario the answer against the Bucks two years ago in the finals? No. Well, uh, we only saw him for, what, one game? Right. But do you think healthy Dario is what puts us over the hump there? Probably not. He would have helped, but I yeah. don't think that it would. And, we wouldn't have won the series because of him or anything. Right. And I mean, I love Dario's game. Monty calls him the connector, but he's gonna he's gonna be slow, Mitch. Yeah. Oh, coming off his surgery. Yeah. It looks like he's staying in good shape, though. Like every time I've seen him, like he he looks thin, which is he, good. I mean, he looks. About as European as you can. Every <laughs> With time the I hair, too. The hair, the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he, he does look good. You're right. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way by any means. No, I got, I got you there. But, uh, yeah, I just... 
I don't know. I've never quite seen Dario as as like the full time center. No. I think he brings great things to the table um, when he when he can get the favorable matchup at center, and then we can go a little smaller with him because. I mean, that's just a dynamic team when your center can move the ball like Dario and just has that kind of IQ. I Like, I love that. But, yeah, I, I mean, if we have KD and have to throw Dario out there as starting center, I'll live with that. Yeah, I, I think we'd be fine. So that's really, like, what I want to get out of the Aiden situation, though. If we do end up trading him and, like, not – matching or sign and trade. I want it for something like that. Otherwise we might as well bring him back. Even if he's a little bit frustrated. Yep. I'm, I'm feeling the same way. And it was definitely confirmed after the, uh, the Pistons with their, so they drafted Ivy and then they ended up trading for, uh, Durin, correct? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, so they grabbed their center. Uh, I don't know if you trade all those assets for a guy to be your backup center and bring in eight and two. So they, they when they kind of fell out of the running for that, that's when I started to feel a little more confident in the, the thought of eight and sticking around. But then the KD news out of nowhere kind of had me uh, come back a little more wishy-washy once again. Yeah, I think what we have to realize, and this is something that gets overlooked a lot, and one of the reasons why I'm not fond of Twitter, is people think they really know what these players and teams are thinking. We have no idea. People read rumors as if it's, like, really happening. And even even a player saying something at on this day, like before the moratorium has ended and all of that doesn't really mean that much. And that goes both ways. So like Kyrie says all this stuff about, Oh, I want to honor my commitment to the Nets and to KD. And then the next day, Brian Windhorst says, Oh, there's still a chance Kyrie could be a Laker next season, Mm -hmm. which is true. Both of those things could be true. Sure. So, I mean, this is just the point in the season where we really, really don't know what's happening, and we're going to be shocked. It happens every year. There is shocking news and moves, like, every July. Yeah, and how funny would it be, though, if the Nets were to trade KD but then keep Kyrie around? (laughs) That would be pretty funny. Thanks for honoring your contract. We're sorry that you can't fulfill your commitment to KD, though, because uh, we traded him. Yeah, and I just think about Ben Simmons and all of this. Oh, like, boy. What, I wonder what the odds are that Ben Simmons sits out another full season. <laughs> How crazy would that be? I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see once we get a little closer to training camp. You know, like, is Ben Simmons a full participant at training camp this year? Is he down in Vegas watching the guys? Like, just that type of thing? That'll be all... You know, uh, that ESPN quality reporting yeah. ready for us also. I know it. I know it. Though, it makes me think about a parallel here. I talked about this last episode, too. But 
my Colorado Avalanche just won the Stanley Cup, which is super exciting. Still riding that high for sure. Uh, they have made some moves over the past, I guess we can say two years here, that were not always super popular. I mean, there were players that were fan favorites that got traded for pieces that were huge in winning it all. So I just kind of want to think about that as it applies to the Suns. In order to win it all, we might have to do things that people don't love. I think about like a Cam Johnson, for instance. Fan favorite, everyone loves him, has been really good for us, could be great. He might get moved for an even better piece. And people would be mad and they'd say, oh, James Jones has no idea what he's doing. And like that happened. People were questioning Joe Sackick. The Avs had lost in the second round of the playoffs three years in a row. The stars were starting to get disgruntled. Nathan McKinnon has the famous quote of, I've been, I'm going into my ninth season and I haven't won anything to censor him. Hmm. Uh, but like there were some risks that were taken that ended up paying off. So just know that's pretty much what happens with any team. If we look at the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, risk. That was a huge risk. They didn't know what that was going to be like. And he was awesome. He was a huge part of their their winning season. Yeah, and when you see when you say Wiggins, all I think of is the, you know, the financial backing to take that risk. Yeah, which is something that we haven't seen exercised here in Phoenix. Right. So, right. oh man, but yeah, the only guy that I could see the fan base throwing a riot over trading is Mikhail. It's not even Booker. I think the fans right. would literally crap their pants if Mikhail Bridges got traded. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'd be sad. Yeah. I mean, it I would love be. Mikhail, so it would be. I mean, yeah, the runner-up to the defensive player of the year, all right. defensive first team. Yeah, he's a guy that you keep around, though. I mean, that would be for anyone who follows hockey. That would be the equivalent of the Avs trading Kale McCarr, which would never happen. And for context, for those who don't watch hockey. Kale McCarr was voted the best defenseman in the league, and he actually won the uh, the finals MVP award, the equivalent of that in hockey. Cool. Um, many consider him to be the best player in the NHL right now. So the Avs would never, ever, ever trade Kale McCarr. That would be pure insanity. Uh, and I think Bridges is maybe not quite at that same level, but like, that's the best comparison I can make. Yeah. It, it makes it easier to say, yeah, I'd be okay with trading Cam Johnson as long as Mikhail sticks around, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. that's just a good job to the front office for drafting those two guys or trading for and drafting those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I said this from the start as soon as we lost in the playoffs there are going to be some moves. There are going to be some shakeups this summer. So be ready. Whether that involves Aiden or not, I don't know, but be ready. That's right. Okay, let's keep it moving along. And uh, a draft recap. Uh, nothing happened. 
we, <laughs> we did hear that the Suns were trying to trade in, or they, there was a, the potential that they wanted to trade in, but that just never happened. And then the more, you know, I can get behind, we didn't have a pick, so we didn't make a pick. Yeah, that's fine. But just no effort to sign a guy to, you know, a summer league deal or an exhibit 10, like a training camp deal. We're not going to offer a rookie a two-way spot. I mean, it does go along with the the interview that James Jones had, though, regarding the draft. There's, you know, some uh, continuity between those, I guess. Yeah, I think his uh, his comments were taken a bit out of context, but we all understand the message that he's trying to say, that a lot of great teams are not built through the draft. They're built through signing free agents and trades and whatnot. And I do think he's got a point. Now, the counterpoint to this is always going to be, well, the Warriors drafted Steph and Clay and Draymond. Okay, name one other example. That is a generational team. That's a once-in-a-lifetime team. And I don't think that's a good example as to why teams need to draft. I I will give you the Kings as a counterpoint to that. Like, the Warriors could have just as easily been the Kings, but they made some very, very smart picks and got slightly lucky, I would say. They had no idea they were drafting the best shooter in NBA history when they picked Steph. So keep that in mind. Right. Uh, As much as James Jones was taken out of context, I do agree with what he's saying. Uh, Slight counterpoint, though. Okay. Thunder slash Sonics Mm -hmm. with Durant, Harden, Westbrook. That almost, almost worked. That's true. That's a good point. And that looks like the Thunder shooting for the stars trying to do that once again with all their picks. And, uh, you know, they made three lottery picks this year. So yeah, two of them with the same name. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? That's so funny. Jalen and Jalen Williams, yeah, spelled differently at least, but that's I'm pretty like, wild. Are they gonna go the full Darren Williams route from the Broncos and just put their full names on the back of the jersey? Yeah, I guess uh, one would have to be J A Y and the other would have to be J A L. Yeah. That's probably what they'll do. There was some good... They had some good media, though. Uh, they did. They did. J-Dub is Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. And then J-Will is Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Yeah. And the Spider-Man... Sense. The Spider-Man meme remake was really Perfect. good. Perfect. Really good. So good. Um, yeah. But the the Thunder slash Sonics example, I think almost more so illustrates uh, James Jones' point that they were that close and the players were like, this isn't happening here, and they all left. And only one of them went on to win a ring. Right. I I saw some comment about this fact, and someone said – and they all turned out to be some of the hardest to manage players in the NBA as well. That's exactly right. So, yeah. And then it does come to the point where, yeah, if you nail a draft class or even it could happen over two draft classes 
and you got to pay all those guys at the same time. Yep. I mean, you got to either try to do that somehow, or you have to restart the cycle and start trading those guys for assets. And I don't know, but all in all, I totally agree with the, the, the scope that we're going in with this. We don't need a 19 year old kid right now. No, no. that's the last no. thing we need. But I mean, there's guys 23, 22 years old, juniors and seniors uh, who played for three or four years of college ball. I think those guys are the ones that can fit in to the system, even if it's at the very end of the bench, or that's the kind yeah. of guy that you throw a two-way spot to. Right. And I mean, there was numerous undrafted free agents who I thought like, oh, they could have been a second round pick. I'm surprised they, they didn't go. And then they end up, you know, a lot of these guys didn't even sign two ways. A lot of them are just summer league deals. So yeah, I guess once we get to watch summer league and obviously a ton of scouting goes on at summer league too. So maybe we'll yes. see see us fill the end of the roster that way. But yeah, I'd rather wait until free agency opens and try to get a, you know a veteran on a minimum who maybe is kind of trying to ring chase a little bit or just a guy who wants to go to a situation where winning basketball is the priority. That that's better yeah. than you know trading in for a pick and taking a 19-year-old. I I'm 100% with that. Yeah. I do look at kind of like what the Pacers did um, in the second round by taking Andrew Nemhard, go Zags. Uh, he's a little bit older, a little bit more ready. Um, and so say we're in a position where – and 31, I was not expecting him to go that high. Right, yeah. But he would have been a nice guy. Say we had a second-round draft pick and he didn't go that high. Someone like him, you know, a potential – pretty solid backup point guard in the league potentially uh which is something we really need backup point guard was a real sore spot a real weak spot for the suns this past season so you know that would have been like the absolute best case scenario for the suns this year and like you said there's ways to do that there's other guys out there that we can sign on a you know minimum or close to minimum deal Right, and, and we also can hope that campaign doesn't play as awfully as he did last year. Right, yeah, we need to rewind him a year or two years now. Nah, nah, I don't feel good about it though. No, um, and yeah, with that Jones interview, exactly. Uh, he said rather than taking a guy thirtieth, uh, had we had our pick, we brought in Ife Lundberg who we thought right away is going to be better than any 30th pick what they're going to bring to the table. Right, exactly. Yeah, and let's uh, keep talking about Lundberg, a guy that we're going to have a chance to see play at Summer League. Uh, sadly, we only know two other guys on the roster right now, one being Vrenz Blienberg. Uh, this was a guy who a lot of draft nerds we're kind of excited about last year in the draft, but he ended up going undrafted, played overseas last year. Uh, I think he was our first signing. And then also Lewis King, who has been just tearing up the G League for the last couple of years and played his college basketball at Oregon. So there's three guys on the roster. That's all we know so far. Uh, 
Ish Wainwright, is that the next big pull for the Summer League squad? Do you think we get to see Probably. Ish playing? I mean, they may leave it up to him, say, do you want to do this? And I imagine he's the kind of guy who would. Right. So, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, and those are the guys you want on Summer League teams. Yeah, if you can get a high-scoring G League player, or D League, wait. G League, yeah. G League. <laughs> G League. I was right the first time. High-scoring G League player. Uh, yeah, get him on the Summer League team, see how he does, see how he fares. Um, you know, we're looking for the end-of-the-bench guys. I think we only had one two-way contract all of last season. So, um, uh, I think I think uh, it was Wainwright and Lundberg, but then they ended oh. up guaranteeing Wainwrights towards the end of the right. year. Right, so. that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. yeah. For a lot of the year, it was only one. We did eventually fill it for a second. But whatever, it's, you know, you want to... I say you have these two spots open, fill them. I mean, I know it's a financial thing and Sarver, which who knows what's happening with him. Who knows if yeah, he's going to... No, still no breakthrough news with that. They say just... we're going to hear something soon, but whatever. Um, I know that the team ownership has not wanted to spend as much money so i can see that's where they're coming from i'm like you have these spots you might as well use them but then again we don't even have a g league affiliate to go send them to play with right but have them sit on the bench have them practice with you get a little bit of experience and then you know hopefully you don't ever need them but if you do they're there sure but yeah, honestly, not a ton to say about summer league. Expect the rest of the roster to be filled out similar to like last year's. Yeah, just a lot of people you've never heard of. A bunch but, of random guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I will say, still go, still watch it. Summer league is great. Uh, I would absolutely be going if uh, my baby were not being born right in the throes of summer league, which I'm not mad about by any means, but uh, yeah, like it's fun. Go next year. We're, we're going to go Mitch. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will see, yeah. but uh, I, yeah, I think about Lundberg and possibly Wainwright. I mean, those are two guys who, you know, they're familiar with the system which is obviously something we'll try to do in summer league. I assume try to run something a little bit similar to the sun system. Yeah. But uh, just a, a great time for those guys to maybe guarantee themselves a spot on the roster. Ish Wainwright towards the end of the year, there were rumblings that people wanted to see him getting serious minutes at the expense of Jay Crowder. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I saw, that we're potentially shopping Crowder. Yeah. And you know what? I think campaign Crowder, Shamit, those guys' names should be on the trade block right now. Oh, yeah. They, uh, man, I don't want to talk too much smack about Jay, but Payne and Shamit definitely did not, did not play up to their contract, I think would be fair to say. Oh, for sure. So if if we can move those guys and get any sort of a, you know, a, a chance for a boost off of our bench, give it a shot. Yeah, and 
the rumblings are we want Eric Gordon. Um, yeah, I want Eric Gordon too. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's a bucket getter, and yeah. that's something our bench did not have. Uh, we, we'd have to rely on Booker being in with them or Chris Paul running the show with four bench guys for them to score. Yes, that's right. So, so. It, someone that can create their own shot, get to the bucket a little bit, and then obviously hit the three. And Gordon can do that, despite yeah. having a Charles Barkley build, and but even Charles. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. He can do that. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, too, with Summer League, though, is watch out because Ish Wainwright is the kind of guy who could really thrive in Summer League because he's big, he has some NBA experience, and he can make some threes. So he... If he does end up playing, he's the kind of guy who could totally dominate a summer league. Like, think about how Jack Cooley has been able to come back over and over and over and over. Like, <laughs> Ish Wainwright. Of Las Vegas. Jack <laughs> That's Cooley, right. man. That's right. Ish could totally, like, just have an amazing summer league. Uh, I, yeah, I think the the strong men can definitely make their mark there. Uh, yeah. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm excited, though. I I feel like the last couple years we've seen the trend of guys shutting down their pretty much all their first round picks real early. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. We have seen that. We've seen them play one, maybe two games. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I'd like to see just for the fact that there's so many fans going to Vegas now compared to, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Six years it's ago. Exploded. It's I mean, exploded. Like the people want to see the their rookie, their first round draft pick play a game, and you know, no one's crazy enough to stay there for two full weeks to watch all the games. Right. right. So you know, maybe just limit the minutes a little bit more, but keep them in, keep them available. You know. Yeah, let them play a little bit more. I mean, yeah, you don't want them to get hurt, but as long as they're healthy, I say play them. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know who would have played all his summer league minutes? Larry Bird. Larry Bird, that's right. Larry Bird absolutely <laughs> would have played all his summer league minutes. Oh, I've uh, finally caught on to those. <laughs> it's always Larry Bird. It's always Larry Bird. Yeah, that's been my joke for the past few years now. So, yeah, fun stuff, summer league. Um, we're, we're getting into the point of the... I don't even call it the off season anymore. It's all the season. And some people argue that free agency, the start of free agency especially, is more exciting than the season itself at times. And I think I've had to agree with that in the past. Uh, friend of the show, Josh, at Josh Cran on Twitter, who, follow him, he'll probably tweet more than we will, uh, he was saying, oh, I'm really excited for free agency. It'll definitely be more exciting than the season. And for him, he's a Pacers fan. So that's probably true for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. And um, I'll still get all the Bleacher Report and whatever notifications. So I'll be up to date. Oh, yeah. I mean, there aren't. I can't think of anything else in the world where I'll just sit at my computer and literally hit F5 to refresh the NBA Reddit page because yeah. it's just the fastest way to see every potential news source pretty much because 
people are crazy on Reddit, man. But if you sit yeah. there when free agency opens and you just keep hitting refresh, you'll you'll see that news as fast as it comes out. Oh yeah. And I always kind of look forward to this because it's nostalgic to when we started uh, all of this. Because when we first met each other, one of the first things we talked about was LaMarcus Aldridge potentially (laughs) coming to Phoenix. And I remember refreshing and refreshing and refreshing and waiting for the news on that. So, yeah, I always can think back to that moment. And even though it didn't work out well... Did it not work out? I don't know. <laughs> it, we didn't land him, whether that is for better or for worse. Um, it was still like a very exciting time. We put up a banner for you, LaMarcus. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, with that, I think it's time to move to our non-sports section of the show. And uh, we're going to do a little bit more local talk Uh Phoenix suburbs. What are some of your favorites? What is there to do in those suburbs? Okay. The one thing that I miss most is downtown Gilbert. I don't know what it was. I think it was, uh, yeah, I grew up in a small town and downtown Gilbert's much larger than the small town I grew up in for one thing, but the downtown has the vibe of a small old downtown and i just really like that uh i mean i live right right in phoenix a few miles from downtown phoenix and that's obviously awesome but like just being able to walk up and down that little strip of downtown gilbert there there's a lot of good food there there so is that's true I, I do i do miss that a touch just because it was easy to get around yeah that's a good point and say what you want, Joe's Barbecue, pretty darn good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, I I guess I'll start off by saying some good things about Scottsdale, which I don't always do. But Scottsdale's nice. So here's the thing. Scottsdale thinks it's L.A. It's definitely not. Uh, but it has a lot of really nice things. Um, there's a super nice movie theater. There's a Harkins in Scottsdale that I really like. Um, there's Odyssey, the aquarium, there's, uh, the butterfly pavilion that's really close to that. Um, there is a lot to do and it's super nice. Scottsdale fashion square by far the nicest mall. I went to the Apple store there. I was getting my wife a new phone for Christmas this past Christmas. And I walked in and I'm not a real fancy kind of person. So I don't go to this mall very often, but uh, it was the closest Apple store to me. So I go in there and I'm looking around. I'm not very familiar with this mall. And I look and look and then I think I'm looking out this big window and I'm like, maybe it's outside because there used to be an Apple store much closer that was outside. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's outside. So maybe I'll go out. And then it hits me. The window I'm looking through is the Apple store. <laughs> it's just completely glass. <laughs> and I go, it's very sleek and it's really cool. But yeah, I stared out through it outside for a good couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Scottsdale also has a lot of good food. Um, it's not all bad. I typically avoid Old Town Scottsdale. It's more just like a, you know, college party scene. But um, North Scottsdale, pretty nice. So I can talk good about it for a little bit. Um, I'll go to the exact opposite section, 
we have some family in Surprise. And it takes a long time to get there. But Surprise is very, there's a lot of open spaces, very family friendly. Um, a lot of the stuff out there is very new. Um, it's expanding for sure, but it's kind of nice to go out there and see the family that's out there because it doesn't feel like you're in the city at all. Um, and it's nice to see those more old school neighborhoods and open spaces and the air's a little fresher out there. Yeah, actually, we went to a wedding in, uh, man, I just realized all my stuff is East Valley, but down in Queen Creek. Oh, yeah, okay. And, yeah, I felt like I wasn't in Arizona for a little while, like, yeah. but I was still technically in the Valley. It, it's kind of wild, but uh, I, I do enjoy that aspect of it, uh, you know, like, we're both Midwest boys the the wide open spaces mm-hmm. that is a bit of a nostalgic feeling and i do miss that a touch yeah but i mean i'm still i'm, I'm pretty happy living in uptown phoenix I'm oh yeah, i could never live in surprise no way right it's so right. far away from everything right but. i like the drive to queen creek we were, we were leaving for a wedding and i was like okay uh what is that, like 30 minutes away? It took like almost an hour to get all the way out there. It's yeah. further away than you kind of think, but I suppose mm-hmm. that really just speaks to why it really has those wide open spaces. Yeah, and some people really like that. Um, if we stick with the East, I, I'll talk about Chandler. We've spent a little bit of time in Chandler, um, and they have some really nice stuff too. And Chandler gets a lot of the new, like, cool stuff. Chandler just seems like like a hip area lately. Another place that we don't go to a ton, but we went to, there was some doctor's appointment for my wife that we went to in Chandler. Um, and it was really nice. We had a really nice day out there. Hmm. Yeah, so. and what else here? I guess, like, when I first came to arizona like my parents and grandparents were snowbirds and they lived in mesa they Mm -hmm. had like a condo in mesa so that was my first exposure to arizona so you know i i don't have a ton of great things to say about it but in general moving down here for the first time like we lived off uh southern and Val Vista, that area, I think, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Uh, Like, moving down here and then witnessing the grid system of the entire valley. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Man, I I felt so confident when I realized, oh, you can go on Southern literally for miles and miles and miles west and actually wind up in Phoenix that way. That's pretty cool. yeah. I think the grid system is on full display in Mesa. That's that was my first thought was driving out there not super difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Phoenix proper is where it's at. It'll always right. be my favorite. That's right. And I'll be real, I don't find myself crossing the 17 very often. I like I yeah. I rarely am in, in Glendale. I don't know. It just feels like everything's pretty... Well, yeah, just being in Uptown Phoenix is nice, obviously, but 
more likely to head east to Scottsdale. If you yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> well, so I used to drive for work. I've been pretty much all over the entire valley uh, over the course of my career. I'm very thankful that I don't drive for work anymore. But, uh, yeah, I've spent some time in a lot of those more western suburbs of, you know, Southwest to Buckeye, Goodyear, all that. Um, I, I just don't have a ton to say. Pretty much the only time nowadays that I go to Glendale, which not even anymore, is I've been to a couple Coyotes games, and their stadium was out there. Uh, where the Cardinals play, that's in Glendale, so I go, I'll go. i go out there, which that's actually kind of nice. It is a little nice to have that stadium out there because you don't deal with nearly as much traffic. Um but yeah, now the Coyotes are going to be playing in Tempe. So yeah, I just don't have a lot to say about those, you know, northwest, southwest suburbs. Yeah, uh, I have visited some older relatives up in Sun City, Sun City West, oh, once yeah. or twice, and that was a uh, pre three oh three, I think even. Oh wow. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what <laughs> I'm a few years away from uh, worrying yeah. about heading up to There's, Sun City uh, West. Golf courses. A lot of golf courses. Up yeah, there. you bet. You, you betcha. Yeah. I, I, I've driven through there a few times, and you do have to be really careful because people will drive their golf carts like on the road. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was used to that with my parents. I can't remember sunland villages or something like that in uh, in mesa so i got a good taste of the the golf cart traffic but you know they do it legit and they actually put license plates on them i've yeah, seen that right. pretty frequently so they're not you know they're not yeah. breaking the law no it's pretty funny though <laughs> it is yeah i don't see them ever like i will admit i've never seen one on an actual busy road no, never too busy. <laughs> it's not too big of a deal, but it I've seen it happen on smaller streets and it, it is just kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about old people riding golf carts through their neighborhoods. It is time to end the show. <laughs> we thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, hopefully. We'll see. M- yeah. Mitch and his wife are having a baby, so we'll we'll see what's going on. But I don't know when we'll be back, but we don't know, um, but we'll be back with some free agency news. I think we can we can say that. We'll oh, know yes. one way or the other what's going on by the next time we record. That's right. All right. Thanks for tuning in at Sunny and PHX Pod. We might reply. We might read it. We, yeah, we know. Have a good one. Go no,